This is the Seattle Mama Doc Podcast, and I'm Dr. Wendy Sue Swanson. I'm here today with co-founder of Great Conversations, Julie Metzger, who's a nurse by training, uh, who is a nurse at Seattle Children's since 1981 and took her experience with teens and their parents and her love for helping clarify and build confidence around changes during puberty, sexuality, and anatomy to found Great Conversations in the class for girls only. Julie, thanks for being here. Mm. <laughs> we um, are here to have some conversations truly about girl anatomy. So, you know, lots of parents are freaked out to talk specifically about the vagina. Um, and we want to talk a little bit about, I want to learn from you and share with the world what you teach at Great Conversations and how it all goes down and what families, moms and dads need to know about vaginas to help raise healthy, confident, safe girls. Well, I think one of the things that is right away interesting is that your vagina is not seen. Your ovaries are not seen. Your yeah. uterus is not seen. Penises, testicles, they're all so exterior. So uh. they are an expression of excitement or yeah. function, right? Yeah, right. Uh, <laughs> Early so, it can be it just function. So yeah. everything about them. You can touch them. You can look at them. You can evaluate them in such an interesting way versus your vagina is hidden. Um, so when one of the very first classes, and I continue to this to this day, we give the girls a picture of a uterus and a vagina and their ovaries, and I make this whole homework assignment where they can color it in, and I show them a picture of, I have a matching one up for them to see, and it's all these wild colors, and I said, this is, these are not the real colors, and, <laughs> and then I said, take this home and color it and cut it out and just paste it on, because you're never going to see those You're over. You're never right. going to see those. You can't touch them easily. They're they're mysterious. Yeah. So, by kind of claiming this part of you that's inside that you otherwise don't have to think about really in your day to day life until it gets thrown at you in puberty class. Uh -huh. um, I think that is interesting. Then we have a picture of a perineum of of a. I, we have a standing So perineum, up just to girl. explain the perineum, right, is kind of the place and space in our body between our legs. And often the, you know, the way that we describe when we examine girls in clinic is called a frog leg. So if you can imagine, if you throw your legs back wide open um, and open up like a frog, that's how we examine girls' female anatomy and how you see it the best, right, Julie? Right. I mean, and, and so we have a sort of a poster that is a standing up girl. So you see her uterus and, and vagina. And then I say, now let's just lay that girl down and and then look right between her legs. So that's how I describe that next picture, which is that frog leg yep. thing. There is an audible <laughs> gasp. gasp and laughter yeah. and crazy sound. And I, I always say, you girls now know more than hundreds of millions of girls and women all over the world. Just getting that view. Just that. Because they've right not there. been exposed to and that then, view of a female body. And then if there's body. still some laughter and kind of needing to settle in, and I go, what is, what's also important is this is the truth. <laughs> this is the truth, right? It's not, it's not pretend. It's not a cartoon. It's not somebody else. It's you. Uh -huh. It's us in this room. Uh -huh. And that usually, you know, then that kind of honoring of who they are and that initial discomfort because I think it is new to actually look there. 
And when I talk about how to put a tampon in or where a pad goes and all that, we have to look at that picture so that people understand where a period what comes doing. from and yeah. what's kind of going on. And I and I always laugh and I say, you know, girls all over the world, you know, get a mirror out and kind of look when they're kind of curious and interested. And you could do that. But people who come to this class, this poster is like burned <laughs> it's in all open. Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> You'll never get to forget that picture. You need a there. really yeah. big mirror to get yeah. that good of a view. Yeah. 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 So actually, I love, let's bring that up. So in, in kind of talking about vaginas and, you know, most people think about their menstrual cycle as their vagina, which it's, it's really their uterus right. and the internal part of the vagina, not the right. external part. How would you, how do you describe what a period is? Like give, if a mom mm-hmm. wanted to do that well in a tight mm-hmm. soundbite or because mm-hmm. she might only have a minute of courage mm-hmm. to talk to her daughter about it or um, how would you describe it? Well, I, I would need to show some sort of picture so that I could hmm. describe ovaries and a tube and a, where a baby's born. And I say the uterus, I usually start off by saying the uterus is about the size of your fist. Mm-hmm. And that, and then I say picture a pregnant woman, that's her uterus. And that always, that girls are right out, away, yeah. they're just like, wow, what? And, <laughs> yeah, yeah. and then this vagina, and so that we can kind of, I go, these parts, you know, we don't get a chance to see, but what one of the very last new things that happens in puberty is inside these ovaries are eggs, and they've been there since the very first day you were born. You, they've been very responsibly holding, holding those yeah. eggs. Yeah. And that those eggs change, and they, they're individual microscopic cells. Like I said, they're not eggs like in your refrigerator. They don't have a white shell. They're not large like that. And I describe the size Right, and then I say they they come through this fallopian tube, taking that's a very short distance in inches, but it takes days and days for this little egg to travel. And while it's traveling, this uterus is getting ready for it. It has a cup or so of fluid with a tablespoon or two of blood, and it builds a lining. And I try to show that with my finger up on the picture. And then I say when that microscopic egg arrives because it's just a practice run Mm -hmm. of this whole process, that microscopic egg and that fluid and lining leave out through our vagina. And I said, what do we call that? And almost everybody says a period. They know know. that word. And I say, but the official word is menstruation, which is odd and curious because men do not have a period. (laughs) And I said, it'd be so great if we just called it menstruation. You know, and they, that's, you know, it's using humor. So just, yeah, yeah, yeah. I never I go, heard that. Period yeah. really describes it perfectly because it doesn't just dump out all at once. Uh-huh. It comes out it over time. a period of days and nights. Yep. It comes periodically. We described that. And then yep. I said it happens for a period of your life. Yep. And so then that frames that in a bit for people so they know that it isn't endless, that it comes periodically. But even when you just start with that idea, you have to re- you know, that's your first minute, and yeah. then girls will have to think, think about on that, that yep. and then you'll have to go back and repeat that. Yeah, and and I think so. Uh, not everybody knows the ana- could probably mm-hmm. draw out the anatomy yeah. like you, right? Yeah. So, do you think that is a good summary in some ways for a mom who's answering a question about a period mm-hmm. is? It's it's a, it's a process or time where the eggs who've been around since you're a baby mm-hmm. travel through a fallopian tube, mm-hmm. go into the uterus that's kind of getting ready to make a baby. But if there's no sperm around, it's just practice, particularly at this age, because it, it may be hard to get pregnant. It might not be. And it comes through with a couple tablespoons of blood during a period of time. Is that 
I think that's great if somebody knows what sperm and fertilization is, right. because you may not have even gotten to that point yet. Yes, yeah, so right? you got to get rid of that part. So you're so, just saying it's the process of so this egg process, traveling, all female, right. nothing about. Right. And yeah. so when I, so then it invites the question of why does that happen? Yeah. And we can say all of puberty, all of puberty has to do with our body getting ready for the possibility of having a baby. Yeah. And that although we all know breasts look great and are fun and interesting, <laughs> they actually have a purpose. Right, right. right? Feeding and a then, baby. Right, yeah. feeding a baby and being yeah. taller, having a bigger body, getting fuller hips, changing yeah. our shape. It's all towards that possibility, even if that possibility doesn't happen ever, ever. Yeah. or 35. Yeah. That that is the purpose of puberty. And so just by describing that without mentioning sperm or fertilization, right? Yep. Because if you, just about a woman's body or a girl's body. Yeah. What your part as a girl is in that and how your body's getting ready for that. Some girls at nine, ten, that that's enough. Yeah. Just they getting ready even to think be... about now what or in fact I and then later I, I have said before, you know, they're, they're so like, why can't an egg just become a baby? Why, you know, later when we've talked about sex, they're just like, why can't, why do we have to complicate this with And get sex boys involved. And, and yeah. <laughs> I go, an egg can't just wake up and say, I would be awesome today to become a baby. I go, eggs don't speak <laughs> or think. And neither do uteruses or vaginas or penises. It's too human beings that have to bring make the choice of bringing their bodies together it's an action choice of two human beings that an egg and a sperm by themselves are nothing yet they're everything because when they come together that single brand new microscopic cell is the possibility of being you yeah right but but periods can be talked about without all that Yep, because it is just a girl's body readying Getting to do that. Ready. I love framing it up like yeah. that. Thank you. Yeah. Okay, so can we talk specifically, like, what do you teach parents and girls about pubic hair during puberty? Like, let's just, that anatomy, that part I of anatomy. I always have to acknowledge that there are girls in any room that have had early pubic hair. Because yep. those girls, precocious pubic hair is what, 10, in, in a room of 100 people, there's, 10 girls yeah. or so with right. that. And so. just to clarify that, Julie, so that means, you know, there are girls who start kindergarten with coarser hair over their kind of mons pubis and right over their kind of external labia. There just are, right? Right. Over there, I usually say pubic bone. Yeah. And I said, because that's why we, that's how we, why we call it pubic hair, that they love that. <laughs> and I say that, that I have to acknowledge that about pubic hair right away. Yeah. Because some girls are there. super worried. That's their yeah. most self-conscious thing because that is the one thing that has set them apart. And they've been covering it up. From the beginning. Yeah. So yeah. I really always try to say that. Because you're capturing that girl. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. have to be aware of the significant part for that girl yeah. in the room. But yeah. I said for other people in this room, it's it's one of the signs you can watch for because most people who start their period have pubic hair. Yeah. So that can be a real sign of readiness for a period or starting to be ready for a period. And then I say if, if there's an adult in here that doesn't know if their girl has pubic hair because they don't talk about pubic hair at the dinner table, <laughs> underarm hair tends to come after pubic yeah. hair. So if you you know ask a girl to raise her hand, you can just look down here and you go, they have underarm hair. They most likely have pubic hair, hair, right? Yeah. So timing, that helps just kind of demystify, right? Right. That, that temporal and that, that, nature. That, 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 every girl wants to know, why do we even have pubic hair? Yeah. And what's your answer? I said, it doesn't keep us warmer. 
right? <laughs> it doesn't it isn't necessarily a sign of beauty because mostly covered, yeah. right? Yet yeah. I think for the most part, I said I'm imagining that most hair has to do with scent. That we're holding on to scent through our hair in our perineum under our arms where our sweat glands are where a lot of them are there's a lot of scent and i said as mammals we learn from each other through smell and a lot of it is through our hair yeah and i said i'm imagining that i i usually try to say right here you know pubic hair is self-limiting in length it doesn't like all of a sudden you don't go i have to drag this pubic hair around with me and braid it up or (laughs) choose making these motions in in the room of like a trail like a beard yeah yeah right because it's self-limit in its length right it falls out and it grows only to a certain length that way right so right so that's you know that (laughs) eases you know if you yeah no it's so good so, so the scent part. What about? So, let's talk quickly about kind of the culture around hair removal. Oh, so we talk right? so about what, how culture can we, and lots yeah, of things. Yeah. Bio. Yeah. Because uh, some cultures don't mind body odor, right? And we right? try to really get rid of it. And here. bras. Yeah. Like a really probably the average age of owning your own bra and wearing it every day in the world is never. <laughs> right. And yeah. and bo is a total cultural idea and shaving and waxing and plucking is all cultural idea beauty and there are different expressions for all that and it's i'm waking up mostly the adults in the room to the fact that they aren't sitting there saying to their daughter you have to have a bra you have to wear deodorant you have to shave your legs don't shave your legs or whatever i said all these things there's all sorts of reasons why people might choose to wear deodorant or a bra or or shave um, and you can even decide one thing now and something different when you're 35 yeah and course. I said there's all sorts of ways that people wear a bra in this room I said you wear it at work but you don't wear it on the weekends when you're mowing the lawn you wear it at school but you're not wearing it when you're doing your homework or you wear it uh, you don't wear anything during the day but when you're doing basketball you wear one and I, I go or you don't wear one at all and yeah. none of that is a, there's no requirement yeah for any of it it's it's a part of cultural uh, expectations sometimes for people and I really try to I really try to eliminate those taboo things and some of the adults that come in the room come for that I have had to, to walk because, up right up to because they say, want their daughter yeah, to wear a bra uh, you have uh-huh. to talk my daughter into wearing a bra and I said I'm I'm not, not going, going to do that yeah so yeah I, I've had I've had um Patients and friends ask even about kind of hair removal mm. in, in younger girls, right, with dark, coarse hair. Sure. Of, they feel embarrassed about it. They want to get rid of it. I mean, what's your guidance on how we talk about that and support our girls? I say hair follows families. So <laughs> in, in a room like this, yeah. some of us will have hair more visible on our faces, our necks, right, um, all, all over. And I even um, lots of girls have dark, dark hair on their arms, and, and part of hair follows family. So there's a whole tradition. And men, y- if you're on the beach of Japan, you don't see a lot of chest and back hair. Mm-hmm. When you have your Native American um, neighbor, he doesn't have a heavy, heavy, dark beard. So hair follows mm-hmm. families in all mm-hmm. sorts of mm-hmm. interesting ways. Mm-hmm. That, that um, if you went to a beach volleyball game in where some of the most beautiful women of the world are playing beach volleyball like the Italian Riviera. You might see leg hair and pubic hair and underarm hair and one big magnificent eyebrow. And those are some of the most beautiful women in the world. Mm -hmm. So... The girl gets to decide what beauty is. I said, really, you know, these removing body hair is 
it's it's who you are, your hair. So really consider just claiming who you are. If you feel like you're being ostracized and and somehow bullied around that, even within your own family, uh, that can happen, mm-hmm. then, you know, there's certainly some interesting questions to ask. Or if there's something embarrassing for you that really keeps you from being a fully present person in your day-to-day life, I, I think articulate that and mm-hmm. help us understand mm-hmm. that. And, and there are resources for that. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, gosh, I how interesting that we make all these expectations. I don't think the boys' class has any... There are so few expectations around boys and puberty and what they need to do. do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's outside. what I mean about, yeah, and that's kind of why this is part of this vagina podcast, yes. right? Is that this isn't even just about vaginal pubic hair, you right. know, or, or and un, it's all about underarm hair and facial hair and chin hair and, and how a girl feels and leg hair, right? And, and parents are really uneasy. They don't know what to do because they don't want any of their girls to feel shame. Right. They want their girls to feel beautiful. Right. They want them to feel comfortable in the culture, but they want them to have that freedom or they may have preconceived ideas of like she's got to get rid of her facial hair because of their own experience of being ridiculed or feeling uncomfortable or whatever that that's so true and people come with their own story and they don't even realize their hope and expectation for their kids until they're sort of faced with it or reminded of from Mm -hmm. their own Mm -hmm. Uh, and it's very it's just helpful to explore out loud kind of what it is and why you would say that and Mm -hmm. hope for that Mm -hmm. um just, yeah, I've been surprised in practice. I mean, this is kind of, I guess, divulgent, but like, in, like it's it's remarkable to me how many girls remove their pubic hair mm. so early in their lives. Well, it's super pop- popular, popular right, right now. now. I know it's just super and popular has right been now, for right? A while. And it and boys boys too because I have to do genital checks as as a part mm-hmm. of wellness exams. Right. So I've just for ten years been in practice right. and exposed to that. But so many girls. So just if parents are out there wondering if their girls normal doing that, I think it's very popular to shave yeah. in this uh, culture. In this culture mm-hmm. right now to do that, and I I do I do think that's grown in even just my ten years of practice. For sure. You know, without question, in a decade. Right. And so, um, and I often I will talk about it if a girl asks. I don't usually bring it up, but I will tell you there is as I don't know if it's the feminist in me or what it is, but I do sometimes have a sense of relief when a girl hasn't, yes. right? That she's maybe more comfortable with herself, but maybe a girl who is removing her hair is too. I mean, I don't mean to judge it. I just mean that we do want to raise girls who feel comfortable in themselves and can come about. And I love your point, Julie, about they might make a decision when they're 15 about hair removal that's different when they're 35. Right. And that's something we can always remind our girls too, that right. what feels comfortable now may feel different when you're 20, may feel different when you're 35, may feel different when you're 40. Right. I mean, yeah. that's for sure as we change as our own bodies and we can share that with our families, yep. too. Yep. Yep. Yeah. All that is true. I, I, I think expectations about um, what vulvas look like, whether yeah. how what, different they how can look, different yeah. they can look. That there's the this kind of pornography industry shape. that it looks one way, one way. Yeah. And how would you color recommend and shape and yeah. all that? Yeah. Well, and, and I think girls are even they know from the memes on social media and different things of girl, the bleaching your skin around mm. your bottom and removing all your hair. And there's this, you know, just like to your point that I don't think boys are inundated with this idea that they have to shape their body into something like girls feel they have to shape their body into something feminine mm-hmm. and feminine mm-hmm. is restrictive. Right. And I you know, think if you Google the word girl, you're there are times um, when I have Googled the word girl and it's six or seven pages before I get the Wikipedia definition of the word girl, because there's so many hot and sexy girl photos and stories and ideas 
um, before I get there. But if you Google the word boy, you're going to get a lot of adorable boys. It's like page six or seven until you get the hot, sexy boy. Well, and we can tell our girls that. That's a great thing to say, yeah. right? That there's this strong cultural context yeah. telling you one thing. And you get to love your body and love femininity in the way that you find it. And you and I were talking before, I think, if you think about puberty and and girls, first of all, girls going through puberty first, they are a little bit more under the microscope in any classroom because they're the ones undergoing this change. But girls' puberty takes them away from American idealized yeah. culture of beauty because it makes you bigger, bigger and rounder and, rounder and fuller. Mm-hmm. The Amazon girls never celebrated in, our, in this culture. And for boys, um, puberty takes you toward what we're looking for in a man, you get bigger and you get deeper voice and hairier and all the things about puberty for a boy takes you toward what we go, oh, you know, he's a man. uh He's a man. uh What I think of as a man is a good thing. And when I think of my girl going through these ideas of getting rounder, fuller, you know, there are so many negative things about what people are thinking when they watch their girl do that. I do a talk for dads, dads of daughters, and sometimes mm. there's 200 dads and yeah. and me. Yeah. And this idea of watching your girl change physically. And then I I say, you know, after kind of describing what happens to a girl physically, I say I'm just going to throw out the idea that um, first girls don't get sarcastic jokes about their bodies. It's yeah. just not a, never going to be. It's never going to be funny. For never going to be. And funny. I go even if sarcastic jokes work really well in other groups that you're in, it doesn't work for your, for your girl in puberty and life. Yeah. Going forward. Yeah. Second, um, I was. I said I'd like to invite the dads not to consider criticizing weight or what they're eating, what their daughters are eating. That you would just let that be not. On what you your, do, not, not what, what you do, not what you do. Yeah. And how do people feel about that? And all the time, the dads are struggling with that because yeah. they want their girls to be healthy. What yeah. they want is their girls yes. to be healthy. They want. But, there's that point that they want this to go well yes. for them, right? So I yes. say, but part of the work of a girl's body is to put on weight, and you will get. You could get rounder before you get taller. That a growth spurt is an uneven process for a girl. It's not and a boy. But you're not like you're going height, weight in a perfect linear line. Right. Yeah, in yeah, fact, straight girls line. get lots of girls will get thicker, rounder, and fuller, then grow taller. and then go yeah. taller. Yeah. And I say, one of my favorite girls said to her dad, "Dad, this right here," and she points to her middle, thickening middle. She goes, "This right here is a growth spurt waiting to happen." Yeah, <laughs> right. Nice. It is That's super nice. nice. Julie, thanks for helping Mm -hmm. us learn about uh, the vagina and the different anatomy that girls have that changes so dramatically as their bodies change to ready to have the capacity to make a baby Mm -hmm. and um, for thinking about this so spiritually. It was great. Wonderful. The reality is parenting is a high-stakes job, but the good news is you've got this. Thanks for listening. The Seattle Mama Doc Podcast episodes air every single week. I'm always interested in hearing what you have to say, what was helpful, and what you want to learn more about. Reach out to me on Twitter at Seattle Mama Doc, on my Facebook, Seattle Mama Doc, or at SeattleMamaDoc.com. Tell me what you want to learn. Tell me if you want to join me and point me to experts you'd love to learn more from.